It's John, a Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 52. We are talking about Tourist Trap from 1979. Bringing on special guest for the third time, Bob from Straight Chillin' Podcast. Appreciate him coming on. We also have to throw, throw out a huge appreciation to the Straight Chillin' Podcast because Jacqueline Heidelberg and I, we got together because of the Straight Chillin' Podcast. So again, enjoy episode number 52. It is Tourist Trap. Drip, 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 drip. Drip Drip starts now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film Tourist Trap from 1979. But first, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, we have a very special guest this evening. I bet you weren't expecting that. It's Bob from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. What's up, Bob? Oh, hello, nerds. Thanks for having me back again. I guess I haven't embarrassed myself enough. I'll try harder this time. Yes. Yeah, my, th- my, my third appearance on right the show, right? I think so. You're tied Only one more and you'll be... Wait, wasn't Nicole four? Or was she three? She was three. I think she was first oh. at three. Then yes, oh. tied with Nicole. Nice. I'm in good company. So if you haven't heard Bob on the show before, just uh, a quick reminder, he is the host of our favorite podcast, Straight Chilling, which is basically the reason that this podcast exists. It's how we all mm-hmm. met and became friends and started our own show. So um, we always, as always, we owe a debt of gratitude to Straight Chilling and Bob, and it's always great to have you on the show. We, we love having you. You're a great friend. So. Thanks so much. We're not guys. worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> you are. Trust me. You're very worthy. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about Tourist Trap. And congratulations, by the way, on completing a year's worth of episodes. Like, that is a serious accomplishment. A lot of people are unable to do that. So congratulations to you all. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. We're, you know, we're. I think we're a little proud of ourselves that we've made it a year and we haven't even missed a week. So you that's should pretty be. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, next up, it's Hydraberg. What's up, Hydraberg? What's going on, guys? Congratulations. We're almost at a year. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that for the listeners, I have a tourist trap shirt on, so no gun show today. <laughs> but I got a sweet oh, t-shirt man. from uh, Terror Threads a couple weeks ago. They're not a sponsor, not yet, but uh, <laughs> of tourist trap. It's pretty dope. You, you got to bust the doors off of that thing, man. You can Maybe I'll just wear... cut the sleeves off. <laughs> exactly. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Let it breathe. <sighs> Oh my God, Joey! <laughs> Joey just like screamed next to me. So thanks for that um, little unexpected jump scare. As he just said, "I don't know if you guys could hear that if my mic picked that up." But yeah, we heard it. We okay. heard it. You're welcome for that little bit of entertainment. We don't cut anything out of here, so no. we're keeping that in. No, we don't edit. We don't edit. Period on this show. What it's whatever happens, what happens on the podcast stays in the podcast. So you you guys get every. <laughs> Behind the scenes moment anyway john just jumped in so next up is john how you doing john oh jacqueline hydraberg and bob again welcome aboard to the uh three timers club uh thank you so much for coming on and i'm going to echo what um my two co-hosts have said that you are a second third timer on this podcast so thank you so much man yeah. of course it's an honor thank you anytime you guys want me I'll, i'm happy to do it 
All right, you're going to be our special guest every single week from here on out. Okay. You're just part of this podcast now, so you now have three podcasts. Bob. Careful what you wish for. Oh, shit. We said that, didn't we? We put it out in the ether, so it's going to happen, isn't it? I am working, Bob, into a, an episode down the line in September. Really? Yeah, yeah, trying to get him on. So he said he's down. Going to need a good beer. That's all. Yeah, that's all. That's the clue. We, we can ship you beers and I live close to you, Bob, during the year. So, you know, you can True. just we can meet up and slam some beers and then, you know, slam safely some. drive home. <laughs> can I yeah. add something to you guys? Because because, Bob, you guys did like a really cool thing with uh, Straight Chilling podcast is that you guys um, you rented out a bar. Jacqueline was there, but like a bunch of listeners that were in the Jacksonville area or maybe in the surrounding areas came out to that. It, it, tell, tell us how that went. Yeah, it went uh, really well. Uh, we hadn't done any sort of meetup or live event since the pandemic. And I'd really been wanting to do one and it felt like it was a safe enough time to do one. So um, yeah, we rented out a back room and a bar called Rain Dogs here in Jacksonville. And we had movies playing on the projector and music was going and stuff. And it was really just kind of like a meet and greet for anybody that listens to the show or had an interest in the horror genre to just sort of meet like-minded folks in a real like low-key casual setting and uh just kind of hang out have some beer and and chill and um yeah it was a great turnout and uh hopefully it was fun there's a lot of string cheese easy cheese canned cheese <laughs> cheese whiz rigatoni cheese whiz <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh and rigatoni as well oh so. god that was actually hilarious to me because that is a bump from your guys's show of like the rigatoni from a supermarket sweep yeah, yeah uh, uh the food was provided by matt thank you shout outs to matt he, <laughs> for, he gift that. wrapped them all and he, he gave did. them out as door prizes it was did amazing he really? yeah, yeah. He, awesome. he was like handing people presents <laughs> like like gift wrapped presents and we're like what is this and it was easy cheese rigatoni so we're all like walking around with them all night and like taking selfies and uh it's pretty awesome he wrote hard with us on every single gift. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. He's hard with you. Yeah. He is really hard. He's maybe the hardest. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Matt. The, the first one to get a tattoo. Matt is the hardest. Hold on a yeah. second. I'm going to argue that because Hydraberg actually got <laughs> straight chilling. So does Matt. Sean's like, feel this wiener. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. No, no, this guy, like to my right. Also got a tattoo of the straight channel yeah. podcast, but he doesn't have a a cut above uh tattoo for us yet. Well, yeah. maybe so, I have one. I just didn't show it to you, John. Maybe it's in a place where yeah. unmentionable place. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, do you? On my taint, John. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Now we have to that. see it. A taint of both. <laughs> A taint above. A taint. <laughs> Can we please save that for a bump later? That, that will be. It's on my taint. <laughs> it's a taint above. Mm. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. I'm waiting for the, really meet, I'm waiting for the first meet and greet to show that one up. Can't wait. Emphasis <laughs> on the meat. <laughs> it's no, a it's sensitive a, area. Hydrogen. It's actually below the meat. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, oh, my God. I thought my wrist hurt. Imagine <clears> getting my taint done. It's be below the meat and above the salad, so it's right there. It's in between the twig and berries. 
I just don't even know what to say right now. So maybe we should move on. <laughs> I just need more descriptors, actually. I'm not sure where it's located. Can um, you please be more specific? Right. Yeah, please. <laughs> Bob, this is what's going to happen if you're on the show every week. It's just really. <laughs> Welcome to Taint Talk. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming Welcome to my Taint to my... Talk. <laughs> not, only does he do... not only does he do a reach around, he does Taint Talk. <laughs> I mean, you can't have a reach around with a good little, you know. Taint this tickle. podcast is so high quality. <laughs> uh, well, it's not for the kids, uh, that's for sure. We're talking about news. We got, we got, is that next? Yeah, on Apple Podcasts, we're still rated as clean. So that really needs to change <laughs> yeah, immediately. They won't let me. I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't get why. I don't know. Oh need my to God. Out. They must have never listened. Anyway, John. Oh okay. Um, how about some news? I got it. Uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. We've reviewed that. Uh, Bob, you guys reviewed, reviewed that movie, right? Actually, we have not. Ooh. So, director John McNaughton and actor or lead actor um, Michael, Michael Rooker are teaming up again. Yeah, they're going to uh, be doing another serial killer movie. Oh, uh, that's what it's, it's based on a serial killer? It is. It actually is. Uh, let's see here. It's like described as Dexter, where the serial killer kills all the bad guys. Hmm. Um, they're hmm. trying to make it a franchise. They're trying to make it a video game, and it's coming out what early next year. Wow! Just make it a ambitious. movie. How about that? Yeah, yeah. How about just a movie? <laughs> yeah, just make it a good movie. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's crazy. Because what is this like 50 almost 50 years after Henry? The well, director must 37 be like, years. Yeah, it was like 37. 30. Hang on. What year was Henry? It came out in the 80s. 80s. Oh, no, it was, it was 1986. It was 70s. I, I it was 86. Know. I'm looking at right. it now. It was episode 89. 29. We did. Okay. Wow, it was, so long ago. Yeah, it was filmed in 86, came out in the 88 and then didn't get. Oh, yeah, that's right. They held it like 90 or something like that's that. right. There were like three different release dates or something. Um, oh, well, that's I mean, I will definitely see that. Yeah. Just based on how much I appreciate Henry. Bob, I know you're not a huge fan of Henry. No, it's a little too uh, realistic and mm. grim, grim for my tastes. Um, but yeah, I'll try the new one. You never know. We'll see. Definitely want to go out for ice cream probably after you watch it. Yeah. Or fries. Lighten the mood or something. <laughs> Both. Or Head up Wendy's. Che- or that. Just a mouthful <laughs> of easy cheese. Ugh. <laughs> I've got a photo of you doing that, Bob. <laughs> Blackmail. Uh, there were a lot of open mouths and cheese whiz at that get-together. I see those pictures. Those were amazing. It was just yeah. like people like it had cheese whiz all, all over their face and just going, more. It would have been really dirty if it weren't just cheese whiz. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Do uh, you guys know the name Julius Avery? It sounds really so. familiar. The movie Overlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he's jumping back into horror. Uh, he's gonna. <laughs> he's doing the Pope's Exorcist. It's gonna star um, Russell Crowe, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, the guy from the Vatican that performed over one hundred thousand exorcisms for the Vatican. Damn. Hmm. Uh, Wait, like a true story type thing? Uh, true events, probably. Hmm. Nice. I don't know. I'm actually kind of interested in that because I. I I kind of loved Over- Overlord. I did too. I, I, it was an enjoyable. I went to the theater to see it, and that movie, especially the first like twenty minutes, kicked ass. Like in the theater, yeah, it was good. 
What about you, yeah. Bob? Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Um, I I don't know. Russell Crowe doesn't get me super excited. No, me neither. Um, but it sounds like it could be a cool story. I, I'm also like kind of tired of like the Catholic priest exorcism type movie. Mm-hmm. It seems to be just uh, done too much, I guess. Or it's like the same old, same old at this point. But you know, I could be wrong. Right. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Maybe well, this one will good. have kind of a new flavor, a new twist somehow. You never know. I mean, we were all tired of zombie movies, and then Train to Busan came True. out. So you never know. Yeah. And Virus 32, which you loved. <laughs> Still loved, pushing that one, huh, John? Loved is a very, very strong word. That is not how I felt about it, but okay. And then The Sadness, the greatest film of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't watched that one. I did watch that. It was. I did too. It's tough. Uh, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Me. Everybody knows the best zombie movie is Zombievers anyway, so. <laughs> did you do that one? <laughs> Because I mean, it de- it definitely has its merits. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it slaps. <laughs> it's like a beaver tail. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I took all the fun no, out of okay. by explaining it. I didn't elaborate. But... I'm not good at funny, Hyderberg. Sorry. No, you're great. Uh, Bob, other... you, you actually have some news, right? Oh, yeah. We were talking about this uh, pre-show a little bit. Uh, Rob Zombie has a brother... Uh, who is the front man for Power Man 5000. Uh, Spider 6, I think, is what he goes by. And he is making his uh, feature-length debut, and the movie is called what, Jacqueline? Allegoria, I believe. Allegoria. Sounds like a board game. Yeah, it does. You guys want to have some drinks and play some Allegoria tonight? Hell yeah. I don't know if there's a release date for this yet, Uh, but uh, I'm curious to see if he is a better director than his brother. Oh, how could that be possible, Bob? <laughs> I mean, how could he how could he aspire to achieve anything as great with his first film as House of a Thousand Corpses? And I am not being ironic right now. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, <sighs> have you seen 31? It's Zombies Magnum Opus. It doesn't get better than that. Okay, even I hate that one. <laughs> oh boy. More like Magnum Anus. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You are all about the anal region this evening, Hyderberg. Just the general area. Just the whole area. Just a big yeah. fan of the, the whole, whole bundle. Area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't mention him at all in the show. Rob? <laughs> Rob. No, never. Never heard of her. Can I call you Mr. Zombie? Rob? Me? Mr. Zombie. No. The name's taken. Okay. There's Bob, poster Bob art zombie available. Is fine. Bob zombie. Bob zombie. <laughs> so apparently there's there's poster art already for Allegoria, and it it looks creepy to me. I'll I'll post it later on mm. um, Twitter. And apparently his name is Spider One, mm. not Spider Six. He's the number Sorry. one spider. <laughs> he ain't nobody's number six. I, I'll tell you, uh, I actually did see Powerman Five Thousand in concert, and they were really good. I mean, it, <laughs> sorry, I. I was a white zombie fan. Yeah. I've seen them a couple of times live and they put on a really good show because it was just all this scary shit that they were putting on the background. Cause like Rob zombie does have a very good background in, in horror movies and put it in his videos and stuff like that. Even though he put his wife in there every single time, like his movies. Um, I don't know. Like power man 5,000 was fine. They, they, they were good. They rocked. A smaller venue nice 
Well, I, I just did some Googling and I see a whole bunch of um, still shots from the film and they actually look creepy. Nice. Um, there's some cool imagery going on here and it says that the film will be available on Shutter and on demand August 2nd. So not too far away. And there's All a trailer right. on there too. I just haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it right now, obviously, but I guess, there. I guess straight chilling and a cut above are going to be doing that sometime in August. Huh? <laughs> oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Top priority seriously it might be good i actually do want to mention this uh bob you guys do a different tier uh go follow them on patreon or or support them um you guys have done what 69 70 episodes for your patreon supporters yeah yeah so one of the many like things that we give away on our patreon website is we do like uh, mini cast is what we call them, but they're just bonus episodes that you can only get if you sign up on Patreon, basically. And we release those every other week, and we have for the past few years. Um, and yeah, episode 69 just dropped, and we finally <laughs> uh, got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe on that one with the new Doctor Strange movie, uh, which gets a little bit horrific. I don't know that it's outright horror, but uh, you know, Sam Raimi directed it, and there's like a Bruce Campbell cameo, so it's adjacent in a way. It's the closest the MCU's come to. Yeah, at least on so. screen, on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. If you're interested, check out uh, Straight Chilling Podcast on Patreon.com, and we've got stickers, and we let you pick movies for us to review, and all kinds of crazy shit too. Check it out. Yeah, our very own Hydroberg has picked a couple. Of yeah, uh, more than a couple. Actually, reigning champion a couple of years ago. How many yeah. have you had? How many you picks have you? Uh, had at least Hydeberg? eleven or twelve. Oh. Eleven or twelve. I gave one away. Mm-hmm. That's true. You the G baby. But I had yeah. 10, at least 10 straight consecutive. That's amazing. It's because I'm of you basically the that they put, they've had to put restrictions on. <laughs> yeah, how they had to change the rules. And, mm-hmm. Like not tell people what time the tier opens and everybody's Sorry, like, just refreshing their browser all day. I actually didn't try and get one this Sunday. I, I looked a couple times early on and then I was at a pool party. I was like, I'm just going to enjoy the day and let let everybody else get a chance. No, admit it. It was Pornhub, you know, but you can call it a pool party. That's fun. <laughs> a pool party. Pornhub. <laughs> That's the I euphemism. S- I saw the sandwiches he made. Oh, there yeah. Were, there had to have been other people there. Those sandwiches look amazing, by the oh, way. Oh, my gosh. Those, made Those me are like so my legacy. Hungry. Oh, my yeah. God. Was I, like, and I had. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's like, what, four or six eggs per sandwich? There's like... No, there's only two eggs, actually. Really? But then there's wow. like two different types of cheeses. There's some pepper turkey in there, bacon, a slice of tomato, and certain mm-hmm. layering of everything. I was it's talking, really I was texting with Hydroberg about it earlier. We had like an extended conversation about it. And yeah. he was like, I don't change the formula for anyone. If you don't like <laughs> tomato, too bad. If you don't it's want like ketchup food- on it, too bad. Yeah. It's like one of those food truck type like meals, you know, like a signature yeah. thing where like that's how it comes. Like you get it as it is. And because if you change it, you then you like change it. the way it tastes because the layering of the way it's made is almost like that's what makes it. I, I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, no. You were like, can I put hot sauce on it? I'm like, maybe I'll turn my head and you can put some on there. Like, OK, don't look. <laughs> or at least, like I said, enjoy it first the way it's meant to be. And then. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, because I don't like it when I cook something and people start modifying it, especially before yeah. they've even tasted it. It's like, just eat it. And then, you know, if you want to add something, then fine. But like, don't assume that it's going to be not good or suboptimal. <laughs> anyway. And this is cooking with the cut above. Horror just eat it. <laughs> oh, shit. 
So here we go. We should get into it, right? Joey and I all the time we say, don't what is it? Christy, don't just look at it, eat it. Eat it. Ah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, Bob and um Straight Chillin', they put out so much content. Um, it's it's definitely like worth your while to follow them, subscribe on Patreon, support them any way you can. There's just so much bonus content. I like I don't know how they have time for it all. So, um, but we appreciate everything that you guys do and the massive amount of work that you put into all the straight chilling products. Thank you. Thanks guys. Glad you enjoy it. Yeah. John, was that it for news or is there any more? Yeah, we're, we're done. All right. Well, let's kind of shift our focus to tourist trap 1979. This was Hyderberg's pick. So Hyderberg, would you care to share with us why you chose this film? Yeah. Um, when Joe Bob came back on Shutter, I think the marathon was the first one, uh, Bob. Was that the first special he did? Yeah, it was like a 13 movie marathon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be the last one that he ever did, but then everybody loved it so much. So they yeah, like kept, broke the internet. <laughs> kept doing it. Yeah. So I didn't catch that when it first came out, but then you guys were talking about it on Slack and promoting it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I was a fan of Joe Bob back in the day on Monster Vision. So. I checked it out and Tourist Trap was the first film. And there were a lot of films actually in that marathon that I had never seen. But in normally I wouldn't have watched them probably. But in the context of watching it with Joe Bob and him giving you trivia and stuff like it was a great watch. And Tourist Trap just kind of stuck out to me as one movie where I thought like I probably never would have watched this otherwise. And I actually enjoyed it for the for the most part. You know, uh, it's not a film I would normally just like dive right into. But uh, it's always kind of stuck with me. And I've always either wanted to have you guys review it or now that we had a show, I just put it on my list and I thought it would be a good time now to, uh, you know, it's got a summertime feel to it. Road trip sort of vibe. And it's got Chuck Connors in a role that he wouldn't, uh, you know, he's not a big horror guy. So I think it was pretty good uh, role for him at the time. Surprising probably for people that were fans of his. So, yeah. Well, those are good reasons, Hyderberg. Um, I kind of wish that we had all been able to like somehow watch this together. <laughs> like that would have been kind of fun, but you know, that's life. But yeah, those are good reasons. So let's decide whether it fucks or sucks. What say you, Hyderberg? So I think this film, I think it fucks in a silly way. It'll it'll <laughs> fuck you silly. I don't think it's like the best fuck ever, but for me, it's definitely above a flaccid fuck. And it's, you know, it's pretty silly. It's a silly fuck. (laughs) Bob, what do you think? Does it fuck or does it suck? Yeah, I think it I think it fucks. It's like a weird vacation fuck where you're like in a a place where you wouldn't normally fuck. You're like, you know what? Let's try it out because we're on vacation. Let's get a little loose with it. And it's one of those, you know, you're trying something new, something a little different. So, yeah, I say it fucks. Okay, so uh, an experimental venturing into new territory kind of fuck. Mm. Yeah, you could say it like that. All right. John, what do you think? Wow, I was going to give this a sucks, but I I think with all the tropes in this movie, I think this actually inspired a lot, a lot of directors later down the line in the 80s, because this was what came came out in 79, 1979. Mm -hmm. I think it really inspired a lot of movies, so I can't really knock it for what it did i didn't get any enjoyment out of it i i watched it twice i've never seen this movie so i watched it twice over the past week and i'm gonna give it a flaccid fuck that inspires 
an inspiring yet flaccid fuck. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. Like, like he, you got to keep practicing to get yeah. to the full, the fuck. solid fuck, the solid fuck. There you go. Needs improvement. Okay. <laughs> Needs improvement. How about you, Jacqueline? Um, I think that there are, there are a lot of, there are some good things about this film. I think there are things it does well. Um, I definitely can't say that there, I can't say that it's without some, you know, good points, but I think there's a lot of stuff that drags it down too. So as of right now, the needle is just barely on the suck side, but I don't know, maybe you guys can be like, yeah, maybe you guys can like move the needle a little during the course of this discussion. But John right said now, it could inspire you. Yeah, it, inspire me, John. Inspire <laughs> me with this film. Uh, so for right now, I'm going to say it mildly sucks, but I could be swayed. Okay. To fuck it. All right. Let me throw out the uh, spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Tourist Trap from 1979 in, in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Bob, uh, your, your take on it, I, I thought would make for a good uh, National Lampoon's Vacation Fuck uh, movie, right? Yeah, it could be <laughs> some sort of weird teenage sex comedy where they're, you know, creepy mannequins are involved somehow, for sure. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Wally World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a moose head. I don't know. Someone's wearing a moose head. <laughs> and the ant dead on the top of the car. <laughs> Old truckster. Along with Aunt Edna or whatever her <laughs> name is. Yeah. Sorry, you <laughs> I don't know her oh, name. I, I love that movie. I, lo- I love all the National Lampoon's vacation movies, mm. but for me, Christmas is the is the pinnacle. But I agree for sure. That's my I watch that every single year, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, That's some I, of the best lines. I would venture to say it's possible that I've seen that movie more than any other movie in Jitter's, the world. Jitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Hyderberg, do you have an inspiring reach around to summarize the plot of this movie? Please, I do. Us. Please convince us. All right, ready. Hold on to no your pressure. taint. <laughs> Our tattoo taint. Yeah. All right. I'm holding on right now. All right, ready. <laughs> Take a trip down a stretch of road. There's that new highway, but the old is gold. It's filled with sites that may, they may seem basic until you come across Slauson's Lost Oasis. A house of wax unlike any that you've seen, filled with sites to make you scream. The killer talks, stalks, plots, and schemes as fever dreams make up these scenes. Of mannequins come to life, a man obsessed with his dead wife. Kidnaps folks and steals their life to turn them into lifelike figures and pick things up without his fingers because this country blumpkin's got telekinesis. Glasses fly and break into pieces. I bet these young folks wish they had just read a map and not fall prey to the tourist trap. <laughs> oh. Bravo. Bravo. You just had to work Blumpkins in there, Blumpkin. didn't you? Yes. Yes. Flawless. <laughs> I love it. Can, can I say that the score on this really sucked? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I have so many comments about so the like, score. That's my first comment is like how silly the opening music is. Oh, but some so of the other score used in the film, it's fine. like a mix. That's some of it's fine. good. Some of it's real silly. Yeah. Well, some of it has like, is kind of like normal horror film tense. So we got this music, but right. other times it's like this goofy clarinet, like boop, 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 boop. 
and then other times it's like this late 70s like jazzy flute i'm like did jethro tull write this score where did this come from even even the end titles of this movie was like it was like you're watching a drama Mm. that's the way it felt to me i was just like no 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 i hi jaberg do you want to mention the guy what chuck connors no what guy who are you talking about Oh, Rob Zombie. Thank you. Oh, like the way she's driving away at the end of the movie. <laughs> Are you skipping that already? I am. That's uh, actually one of my favorite parts. Why? I. It's so fucking weird. Like she gets away and like all her friends are mannequins and she's got this crazed look on her face. OK, it would have made it so much better if that score wasn't behind it because it was like a drama. It was just like, this is a sad movie. This That's is the- actually why this movie's kind of stuck with me was that ending. Oh, do yeah, I, I agree I, with you. Sorry, go ahead, Bob. I was gonna say, like, I I think the ending is definitely open for interpretation. I don't know if we want to like jump to that right now. Yeah, um, good. I don't know. We have I, no discipline on the show. We just jump around. Go for it, Bob. I was confused by it. it's cool. Like, I I like it, but I don't know that it really like serves the the plot of the movie the way it ends. But like, there's sort of this final confrontation. Uh, where uh, the dude I forget his joke I forget his name uh, Jerry Jim whatever come like comes it was Jerry Jerry yeah he comes in and like tries to save Molly and then he gets his arm and his head popped off like he's a doll all of a sudden mm-hmm. and um you know Molly takes an axe to to Slauson and gets away and like all of her friends are dolls now so like did she suffer some sort of like similar mental break that Slauson did. And now that she, she just sees like everybody as dolls, is that? Is, yeah. I didn't read it that way. Mm-hmm. I So one of the things that I think doesn't work about this movie is that it's unclear how, so like clearly somehow people are being turned into mannequins and we know that Slauson has like telekinetic abilities, but like telekinetic abilities do not allow you to like instantly turn people into mannequins and he's not like the film is paced too quickly for him to have time to like go through all the work of like physically Mm -hmm. turning people into mannequins and so i feel like there's something magical or supernatural at play Mm -hmm. here and that kind of allows them to become mannequins but then also like to become animated it felt that way. way. The, it felt that way at the very beginning of the movie, Jacqueline. That that the guy Woody was like rolling a freaking tire down the road to go to a gas station. So because it was flat, and then all of a sudden he gets stuck in this house of, you know, of of, of you know, almost seemed like a you know house of yeah scariness or whatever it was, yeah, like a scary ride or something. Here's the thing is that, okay, so the end of the movie is they're driving the Jeep, which breaks down, but she, however, she's driving it. That's because Slauson made it break down. Yeah, I think that if you watch when they pull up, the, the lens to the light breaks all of a sudden. Like they don't notice that. It's I, like he's using his telekinesis to like, okay, but <laughs> trap them there. It didn't start at all. I mean, there's somehow she was telekinesis, a- John. And then once he died, his control of it was over. So it was. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I, John. 
I'm reading up. God, I'm so stupid when it comes to horror movies. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just fucking. No, no. I think I think that people really are mannequins, but I think like, yeah, I think that the telekinetic link is broken once Slauson yeah. is dead. But I also, do you guys think that? So there's a couple moments that it seems like we're kind of seeing through Molly's eyes that a couple of the mannequins suddenly appear to be like very human, like mm-hmm. Slauson's wife when he's dancing with her. And then the lady who's like giving her tea or something. And yeah. while she's in bed, like, I think those people didn't really animate. Like, I think that she hallucinated that, but what do you guys think? I don't, I didn't know if I was on target with that or not. And Jacqueline, I, I want to jump back to the beginning is that, that I think the, the kind of jump scares of these mannequins were actually really good looking because it was just like this manic laugh and you can uh-huh. actually see their eyes shift to look at uh, Woody. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a great part of the movie. Yeah, so I can accept the mannequins moving when they're mannequins, like their eyes moving and them like kind of leaning and stuff. Like they're clearly still mannequins, but they're mo- like I can accept that as like a telekinetic thing that Slauson's causing. Sure, but I'm but specifically those two parts where they suddenly appear human again. Like I think that could be her psyche. Okay, because that's what I thought. I thought she was like having a psychotic break. Yeah, because that would explain the ending sort of like where she's like she's gotten away, but she's basically had a psychotic break. She put her friends in the car who are now mannequins, I guess. Like, yeah, like she she probably took like an hour and a half, like lugging these yeah, just lugging ass mannequins to the car. Maybe she has like, telekinesis now and she just moved them around. Right, but Bob, Bob, let me ask you this is that did you buy that she was actually like sane or anything? I the the thing I got from her that she was very sick. Like, like she almost had the flu or something like that. At the end, do you think she was sick at the end of it? Yeah, I do. Because I mean, she was just like so feverish and it's, um, you know, sloth skinny dipping earlier. Well, (laughs) he wanted wanted to cover her up. Like, like she was sick. Like she had some pneumonia or something like that. I, well, I think that's because he was making her out to be his wife and Uh his wife died of cancer and he was doing that whole thing yeah. i don't think she was actually sick he just had you know he's just doing his weird i'm a psycho and i you know my wife d- died of cancer but really like i guess he murdered his wife and his his uh, brother uh, so he said that he admitted it to her yeah but it's it's interesting because like you don't know so you've got like slosson and then the davy which was his brother but is definitely just like a split personality situation going on and it seems like both Davy and Slauson don't know everything that's happening or they don't know everything that either of them are doing. So like, it depends on like who you're talking to and like what they're saying. It's like hard to suss out exactly what the truth is, I guess. Um, It's just, it's weird. Like, did this guy have these telekinetic powers and then like his wife cheated on him with his brother and then he killed them and then started using his telekinetic powers to like make these goofy dolls that his brother used to make like by hand, but he's not as talented. So he has to use humans. I was always curious if there even ever was a brother. It's true. Yeah. You can like interpret it so many different ways. There's a lot of questions. Well, he killed his wife and made up this cracked and had this persona where like his brother was with his wife and, which is why I can't give this movie a complete suck. You know, a flaccid fuck of, we saw a movie a year later that came out called Friday the 13th and the mom was, you know, kind of tele telekinetically, you know, kill mommy, kill them, mommy. You know, it was like, sorry, spoiling that, but whatever Um, came out spoiling left and right. Yeah. 40 years ago. What the fuck? 
Um, but it, it was like, like, like the tropes in this movie just actually, that's what I enjoyed about it because it's like, you've seen movies like this, but after it came out, you know what I mean? The telekinesis thing kind of feels like just added in. It doesn't really make too much sense. No, but I'm just saying that, that, that it's just like, like you have this thing or, uh, this person is putting this thing in your head that you yeah. ha- you have to do this. And it was just yeah. like, you know, the brother, because there was a scene of them like eating soup together. And well, telekinesis is moving things with your mind is basically what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you see, and that's, what's fucked up about this movie is like, is that what it is? Or is it just, well, that's what Jacqueline uh, was getting at. I know, what but is, is it that, or is it psychosis? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of both. So I think Bob was kind of onto something a minute ago. Like there's a lot of different elements just kind of crammed together in this movie. And it's not, they're they're not always like pieced together in a way that makes sense. I think like, we don't really know where or when this telekinesis ability came upon him. And like, did he already have it? Did he develop it? Is it real? Is it imagined? Like, I mean, there's just so much, there's like wax figures, split personality, telekinesis slashers creepy like, mannequins mass it's like wow um and so it's like it it doesn't totally make sense and there's not necessarily like a logical explanation for anything like we just don't know did you um, get the vibe of maybe maniac from like 19- yes Two? definitely for yeah, with sure. the mannequins. i sort of like that there's like this crazy vibe though i sort of it sort of adds to that fever dream sort of like i don't know if you're meant to know part of it might be intentional that like it's just so all over the place like i don't know it kind of adds to the creepiness of of the film but yeah as when you're critiquing it we have to pull it apart a little bit and that does sort of hurt the film you have to also also look at those two movies is that you know the the voice changes like yes you know that's the davy persona yeah he like mumbling all the time muttering so Hyderberg, you, you said a minute ago that um, the telekinesis aspect of the movie feels kind of tacked on. And you're it's absolutely that. right. It was. Yeah. Um, so the original script didn't include that at all. Okay. And at the last minute, the producer was like, it. I want there to be telekinesis in this and you're going to put it in. And they didn't want to do it. But he was like, no, you must. So, so there's they, like some scenes where it in. does work. It's odd that this like country Blumpkin guy would have telekinesis said it he said it yeah like it's just it's just a lot to take in like oh he's he's into this wax museum he's got his brother his wife's uh, affair and telekinesis plus he's a slasher so yeah it's a lot but like i feel like it works like so like the the beginning like woody's death i like that scene it gets silly yeah right with the cackling it gets bonkers right and it just keeps going a little bit more and it gets really loud and what i love is that when that pipe like billy's screaming his head off that pipe goes flying through Billy and impales him. And then all everything's silent. He screams silently. And then all you hear is like the dripping blood coming through the pipe. I, I fucking love that. Fucking yeah. love that scene. I, I, yeah. I love that scene. Like, like totally. I, I got it. But it it, it it wasn't consistent. There was no uh, continuity in this movie that right. it was supernatural, that it was like in his head. But that scene was fantastic because this guy is just trying to get Aaron his tire to go pick up his girlfriend. By the yeah. way, Tanya Roberts, RIP. Thank you. I, I, I've had a big crush on her, like since Sheena or whatever. That yeah. Beastmaster. Beastmaster. That, that's what it was. She's I also mean, a Bond girl. 
Yeah, she, and she was um, she was what's her name's mom in the '70s show. She was Donna's mom in the '70s show. Yeah, uh, she's uh, Miss Pinciotti. I just watched that entire series for the first time, and I saw Taurus Trap when Joe Bob first aired it, and didn't like put the the two and two together. And then I watched Taurus Trap again this time. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. It blew my mind. Um, obviously, you guys knew that though. John, I grew up with her so from Beastmaster. She is. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. phenomenally gorgeous. Yeah. She looks like a like a a late seventies version of Megan Fox to me. Who okay. I had a girl crush agreed. on. Agreed. Yeah, because she had the dark hair and like the I also bright blue eyes. And yeah. I, was, I also so noticed beautiful. her outfit. Her outfit was very reminiscent um, of Maxine's <laughs> outfit from X that we reviewed a couple oh, weeks true. ago. Little tube top. When I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, wow. Maxine's outfit almost looks like." Her outfit. I wonder if that was supposed to be a little uh, nod towards Taurus Trap. All I, I know is there must have been some durable double stick tape holding that. that up. Okay, so there's actually one scene where she's like running through the woods, and I swear, like, I, I want to go back to this moment and watch it, but you see her from behind, and there's a moment where she puts her arms in front of her body, and you see them kind of hitch up. I think her tube top fell, and she was like pulling mm. it up. Did you guys notice that? No, I didn't. No, like you. John doesn't look front, directly at the like, boob. She looks away. Don't. John was looking at her eyes, Jack. I, I was like, the whole time. they're up here. <laughs> yeah, she's got these blue eyes. But even Joe eyes. Bob mentions too, like it's a ding on this film that there's no nudity at all. Like they go, you have two like really beautiful. Actually, uh, Molly's really pretty too. She's just like played down a little bit as the innocent girl, you know. But no, there's I no don't. nudity at all, and it's surprising. Joe Bob, even this movie is rated it. PG. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's PG. PG thirteen did not exist at the time, and it. Wow. I guess it didn't have enough uh, gore or any nudity enough to earn an R rating, and so it uh, it was PG. That's it's very pretty- true because, like at the beginning of the movie, they're skinny dipping, but you don't see. You don't see anything. No, you just oh. see the tops. It's funny too because in that scene, like Slauson shows up for the first time, and they're just like skinny dipping. He just like. Has a gun. He like just sits down and just starts talking. I'm like, it's not creepy at all, bro. Like, he's like, hey, Missy, what's your name? You know, they're just sort of like looking at each other. Like, who's this guy? What was that actor's name? Con Connor something. Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors. Yeah. He was great in this movie. I thought he did a fantastic job in this movie. I Bob, do too. Bob, what did you think about that opening scene with Woody um, exploring in that kind of deserted building? I thought it was great. Um, it's one of the strongest scenes <laughs> of the movie. Uh, yeah, the way like the the audio builds and like cackles from these mannequins are like extremely menacing, and the way mm-hmm. you know their heads spin and everything. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, there's there's um there's a few sequences in this movie where like the voices are like sort of heard off screen and they're whispering the characters' names, and it just makes everything like really really creepy. Um, there's another sequence where Slauson's towards the end of the movie is running through the woods, chasing after Molly with a mannequin's head. He's just carrying it around and it's just screaming at yeah. her. That's horrific. It like, is. I wish they did more stuff kind of like that. They did um, it throughout the movie though, Bob. It, it, yeah. it was like, like, like you saw the mouths opening going like, ah, you know, just yeah. screaming at other people. And, <clears throat> you know, for me, that was, actually a really good uh um you know just look of the film but i just didn't get it it, w- it was like okay what's the point you know, I don't know. Just, Lawson's crazy and he likes to play with dolls like maybe I, the mannequins and dolls in general are just creepy as fuck and i think this movie like kind of nails that really well 
The telekinesis had to have been thrown in because yeah. Carrie, right? Like that was a massive success just before. Oh this. yeah. I, I, I gotta, gotta come. Yeah, I, I gotta assume that. Which does like there's some cool stuff with the telekinesis in this, but like oh, it, it is it makes the movie feel a little scattershot. I think the absolute most effective scene in this movie is um, when he has Tina like strapped down and he's putting mm. the plaster on her face slowly and like just slowly suffocating her. And he's describing how it's going to get extremely hot as it firms up. That's awful. It's, it's it's terrifying. I think that's extremely effective. And it's essentially, it's not even like showing anything at all. While yeah. the others watch too. So yeah. the other survivors. The disagreement yeah. for me is that he's using his bare hands in doing that. <laughs> Yeah. And it also it looks like lemon meringue pie. It doesn't look it, like plaster. Uh, and it's, it's like just like, you know, apparently your heart is going to explode well from fright. From fear. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm using my bare hands to put this on your face. The it apparently was pizza dough they were using. Yeah, it was. But it's like, but also considering the fact that somehow he's able to turn people magically and instantly into mannequins i don't know why he like why he even went to the trouble of doing the plaster in the first place because he's not doing that for the rest of them they're just like changing so i get i mean i'm sure it was just to like make a tense scene but logically speaking it doesn't really serve a purpose exactly i wonder if maybe we were supposed to a movie doesn't really tell you but maybe like yeah maybe the the mannequins becoming or the the people becoming mannequins all of a sudden isn't actually happening and that's more like molly breaking down like her psychosis because she's like traumatized but the film doesn't really like tell you that outright it's, i don't know we see other people that yeah, instantly do. become mannequins yeah. and, yeah, like yeah. through eyes that are not molly's like sort true omniscient i was always curious about that like what is his power set then because i thought it was <laughs> it's just not just telekinesis yeah. yeah it's some there's something else going on yeah, and you also hear the other characters because you don't know who the main character is until the very end. Of you hear these voices of people talking and and talking to her, but they also talk to these other people. It's like you know they call out the names of uh shit. What was it? Uh, Eileen. Eileen, Tina, Molly, Becky. was Gary, Becky, Becky. Uh, my favorite Becky. <sighs> Becky. Um, Maybe he got his power set from uh, that mouth-watering chili that his wife used to make. <laughs> you make a chili to make your mouth water. <laughs> do we, uh, as far as like a red herring, like do we feel that like he's the killer outright? Oh, like, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. He's yep. evil. Yep. From the beginning, he's like, y'all, like, y'all best not stay in the water past dark. There's yeah. water moccasins. And then hey. he's like, uh, you better not leave the building. It's not yeah. safe out there. Like, can we There's use the phone? Can we use the phone? Sure you can. It what don't work, though. Work? <laughs> yeah, of course. I ain't got nobody to call because I'm a killer. I'm a lone yeah. killer. This is also an hour and a half commercial for Dr. Pepper, I think. <laughs> Constantly going in the machine and like. You guys want to there's Dr. beer in there. There's no Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Right, but it's a, it has an ad for Dr. Pepper. Gotcha. It's pretty awesome. I wish my fridge had that on it. <laughs> Time for an upgrade. What do you think about the mask? Soft drink. The mask or so. I do. It, there's different forms of it. Yeah. I love like the first time you see it when he kills Eileen with the scarf, I think. 
Yeah. Like that's the first time we see it in the mirror and then she turns around and it's like, it's so weird looking jarring. Cause it's got like an opening gaping mouth, but then you see his mouth under it and it looks like there's like a tongue sticking out. It just really, it's but hard it's to lip. Like, yeah. It's so yeah. weird to see, like, you're like, wait, trying to make out what it is. And it just looks creepy as fuck. Yeah, Aren't th- there more than one mask? I thought there, there were are, like two yeah. or three masks, yeah, there are. right? But Bob also brought up something that was creepy is like when he threw that head onto the ground and it turned around and was just like, ah, you know, just that was that was awesome actually yeah it was i like yeah. uh when when we first see um davy get his mask smashed and it's like revealed as davy is slauson slauson is davy which we already really know yeah um he's like his voice he just like stares at molly and just goes bang bang you're dead bang bang you're dead and you're like oh god this guy is fucking nuts <laughs> that um, was so creepy to me yeah really effective scene i thought you to me, that was one of the best moments and like She's she shot him and you think he's mm-hmm. down, but then he starts getting up and he's like, shooting blanks, <laughs> bang bang, you're dead. And there's actually like a sign in the background, kind of over his head, and it says "too mean to die," which yeah. I think is hilarious. Nice. Um, but then yeah, so he starts chasing her, and then there's like another scene when Slauson and like Davy, but it's obviously not Davy. It's just like something um they're sitting there like eating soup and uh-huh. slosson has put on the killer's voice and he's like are the crackers good and then <laughs> another voice is like it's like oh, way too like it's like too waspy it's like yes the crackers are very good and then the head <laughs> falls off yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so fucking bizarre i like some of them french fried taters <laughs> that scene was again oh, this hilarious fired a lot of movies <laughs> Sling blade. Those things that's like they're kind of on the line between hilarious and disturbing. Like the crap. That is like what this movie like, does. Where are these fucking voices coming from? Like that's what this movie know? does for me too. It's it's like borderline silly, and then but so odd that it's like creepy too. And I can't decide whether like how much it scares me or makes me want to laugh. It's like a little bit of both. Not scares me, but you know, like it just it's creepy. It's. It's kind of like a singularity, which I think you you got to give it some credit for. It's definitely not flawless by any means, yeah. but it's like a movie you throw on that has a very specific blend of like this, uh, like Carrie meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets the House of Wax kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. And it's just, you don't really ever see that anywhere that I know of again. And so it's like cool to, to see it and just like vibe with it a little bit, even though it's not, a home run or anything and it's got a few extremely effective scenes um i don't know i'm kind of like just re- starting like to review it now but i like it overall i think it's it's worth watching there's a, a line that slauson says um uh, that cracked me up at like at the end where he's like giving this massive info dump that's largely unnecessary because you kind of figured it all out by this point but he says like that's what the law says a man finds his wife cheating on him he's got a legal right to kill them both <laughs> It's like, that is not true in That's my house <laughs> Texas yeah, yeah I, I wrote right. that down in my notes Bob I was like yeah they both had to die I got a legal right to that that's what the law says I'm curious he's a lawyer doesn't sir yeah, exactly <laughs> you guys feel that this inspired a lot of like slasher movies like post 1980 like the way they did this you know um, again like Maniac or something like that or maybe even I don't right know I mean, I, mean, I feel maybe. like it feel drew like a- from a bunch of sources more than it really inspired anything. Like Bob said, I think there was like a melange of House of Wax and Carrie 
and Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think there was a little touch of Psycho in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It also reminds me of my favorite. Well, I can't really say my favorite. One of my favorite episodes, at least to me, the most memorable episode of the Twilight Zone, which is the one where um, Anne Francis uh, is like a store mannequin, but they're mm. allowed like 24 hours to be human and then they have to come back but she like forgets that she's really a mannequin and she comes back and there's only mannequins in the store do you get did you guys ever see that one no but that's she's like exactly. totally terrified i think it's called the after hours and i'm pretty sure it's from season one i would strongly recommend that i saw it once when i was a small child and it totally traumatized me um and i think that like trauma is part of why Part of why I like the creepy stuff in this movie is because like anything mannequins coming to life is like oh. it's weird. Um, but yeah, I would strongly write. So I, I didn't, and then I didn't see it again. I didn't know what it was. I was just a little kid. I didn't know it was Twilight Zone. And then maybe like 10, 12 years later, I saw it again as a teenager, and I was like, "This is the thing I saw when I was like five. <laughs> and I, I had not known what, what known what it was, but then I was able to identify it, and I was like. Have you ever seen the movie Mannequin with uh, what was it, Kim Cattrall? Kim Cattrall. <laughs> and Andrew McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually love that the killer talks to himself, like consistently muttering, like most of the film. I just think it's, I don't know, it's something different. You don't, a lot, you don't, a lot of slashers just have a silent killer. Yeah. So they have this guy sort of talking to himself in the background. It's sort of weird, but I liked it. It bothered me. It was like, Hello, I, and I, I agree with that. I thought it was creepy because he goes, "Hello, little girl, you're so pretty." You know, yeah. just the just the voice that Chuck Connors did with this was actually pretty frightening. I'm David. He feels lecherous <laughs> to me, and that he never like he never like sexually assaults anybody. But I kept waiting never. for him to because he seemed like such a latch to me. I feel like he wasn't going to until they were mannequins. Like that's his thing. That's his, <laughs> kink. That's his kink. He doesn't like to fuck like live prey. He likes He's to gonna rape that wait mannequin. You, yeah. Until you turn into a mannequin. And <laughs> then he has his way. Or with the you. straight chill and exclusive, what we call a cooter. Oh, he's a cooter for sure. Yeah. I, I think that'd be safe to say Slauson. He's booked. <laughs> he's got so, the book on tire. At the beginning, you were talking about Chuck Connors and saying like, oh, this is an unexpected role for him. What is he known for? Because he seems like a cowboy, like a wannabe John Wayne or something to me. Yeah, he was in a a serial uh, Western show called The Rifleman. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if it was like a straight way. I think it was like it wasn't set in the old West times. I think it was a little bit after that. Right. And it was like he went around almost like Kung Fu style, I think, like solving things with his son like town to town and he was really he was a really good shot and like i've only seen a couple episodes but i remember my dad watched it mm, and like yeah. basically he would solve the, the, that story um you know problem for the day that week uh, with his rifle basically mm. and then teach that like guns aren't you know safe like you gun violence is bad but he'd use his gun he solves every novel. problem yeah, with a gun, with the gun so. <laughs> okay but you shouldn't yeah, okay. I guess there's like a cowboy hall of fame. I only learned this because Joe Bob mentioned it and he is in it. I don't know where this is, but I guess it exists. Nice. He's also strong as fuck in this film. I don't know if that's part of the telekinesis or he like lifts Gary up with like one hand, like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess telekinesis could help with that. He was in the original airplane movie, wasn't he? He played well, yeah, I think he played the, um, you know, the main pilot guy or like 
I don't know. Yeah, he was in a, an airplane movie, I think. Googling. I don't know the actor that well. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with him either. I know he's been around for quite some time and was a baseball player and I guess yeah. wanted to get into horror like in his the, the later portion of his career, which is why he took this. Oh, role. He was in Soiling Green. Mm, yeah. Oh, shit. Old Yeller. Flipper. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Flipper. He was in Airplane 2. There you go. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm not seeing Airplane here. What There's a lot airplane? of stuff. A lot of like old Grindhouse sort of exploitation looking movies, it looks like, or like old, like uh, cheesy 80s um, action films. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just remember seeing him in uh, one of the Airplane movies. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Airplane 2, apparently. Good call, John. There you go. Nice. I gotta say though, I kind of think he was miscast in this a little bit. I don't know that he was like a great choice. I think the vocal work he did was mostly pretty good, like when he was Davy or the brother, you know, when he was the killer. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I kind of feel like his physical acting and his like appearance, I feel like those were kind of on par with the goofy clarinet score. It's like do 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 do. I just didn't feel like he fit the I, I i didn't feel like he fit somehow it just didn't totally work for me um i don't know and it maybe sort of contributed to the movie feeling a little like a drama at, at points um it kind of, it almost feels like a tv movie to me i guess maybe yeah i could see that but, uh didn't didn't totally work for me as the probably like, didn't have a large killer and, and suspect yeah the uh the clarinet is silly but i did like the like the creepy woman Singing that that they would yeah. call on the oh, oh, oh. that was yeah. really used effectively. Keep going, guys, that that was pretty good. Do it. <laughs> we could do the music from the omen from the omen Damien's yeah, exactly. theme. Oh yeah, dominoes, dominoes, dominoes. I don't know. Dominoes, I'm hungry. Bob, are you hearing this? This is like gold, right? This is gold. Yeah. You, I know. Dave cut Richard. above soundtrack coming your oh, way. Yeah. The sounds I of a cut above. I want it on vinyl. Brought to you by uh, Domino's Pizza and Rob Zombie. Jacqueline. Put it on as the backdrop for your next. Speaking Halloween of Rob party. Zombie, yeah. I oh wrote God. this down Are in my we? notes. Oh, Jacqueline, honestly, I do think like with the proper writer, I could see Rob Zombie like doing a remake of this we film. We say this about every I know, movie. but this is like, like Rob that Zombie kind of film. It's like a wrong turn this. sort of country bumpkin. <laughs> you know, you you walked into the wrong fucking place, and and now you got to deal with this crazy dude and his mannequins. And it's been done with. Okay, Bob but I agree Bird. with you, Hydroberg. Let's let's. I know I know Rob Zombie is a. a I'm just a trying to figure out things Rob can show. do that. Are better than his own movies. That's all. He's so got Rob, the monsters just, coming out. Come on. He's got what? He's got the, the monsters coming out. Well, but he's going to need something to follow it up with. That's going to be yeah. a sure thing. And obviously, we have Forest the best idea here. The Adam Trap remake directed by Rob Zombie. I'll reach out to him for you. I got his number. Oh, thanks, Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm on it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, some other things that I think don't work so well in this movie. Uh. I think the acting by most of the cast is just not great. Um, I don't feel like people react appropriately to what's happening to them. Yeah. Like in the, in the, in that opening scene with Woody, when he sees like a so-called person in bed and he goes to like check on them and then it sits up, it's like a mannequin that just sits up in his face. He doesn't like jump back in a startled way. He kind of just like backs away slowly. Like, Oh, okay. I guess that's not what I thought it was gonna be. I guess I'll leave. He's just like, there's no sense of urgency. 
I saw when something the, fucked up happen. He thought he walked into a scary house. Like I, I saw the house of scariness. <laughs> of scariness. Did you see anybody grab his arm through the door? No, he's just like you. Just see him kind of like, oh, yeah, somebody's like got somebody, me. Uh, uh, let me go. Let me go. And then when Becky is out looking for Eileen in the house, and the mannequin like attacks her. The only way I can put is that she tries to mosey away like she is in no hurry (laughs) at all. She's just like slowly kind of meanders. Was that definitely his arm or was there a chance maybe that was a glory hole? I don't know. Maybe he was trying for the glory hole. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where your dick is, Hydroberg, but it's probably not up above your ribcage. No, when I'm on a road trip, I just stick my dick in any holes and weird places that I find. Why not? Just see what happens. I'm 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 out. So you guys, what happens at the tourist trap stays at the. Speaking of creepy sex too, where he puts he puts his wife's mask right on Molly when he tries to like force himself on her. That was gross, dude. Yeah, like like that was the most disgusting. I think it was effective because like he he, like starts kissing the mask just like so fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Gross. No, no yeah, kink shaming or anything. But well, no, 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 I'm not saying. Yeah, that was not. That's not kink shaming. That's like rape shaming, yeah, which is exactly. which is a okay with me. Um, yeah, she's clearly disgusted and does not want his fucking tongue on her face. No, gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this fucking. Mm-mm. The the girls when they're like in the house too. Speaking of just like people not reacting in a way that they probably should be, like w- like they've two friends go missing and like by the time Slauson comes back and he's like, oh yeah, he's he's out there working on the car. He's he's fixing it up. It's like massive red flag. Like half of your party's just up and vanish, and like they're fairly chill about it. I mean, they go out and look for him, but like I think Becky when she walks into uh, Davy's house at first. She's got the flashlight in front of her face and she's making these goofy, like little ghosty noises. She's like, Ooh, yeah. where are uh-huh. you? Like, she's not scared at all. Like, and that's the house that he says, like, don't go in that house. I know. Anyway, no, no urgency whatsoever. Because uh, he thinks her and Woody are getting it on. It's like, Ooh, you know, why would you do that? To Woody's been missing for hours now. Like, what do you think he's doing? That's exactly what I well, thought. Like, why yep. do they listen to him when he's like, don't go outside? And what, like, why is Molly like, he wouldn't like that. I don't think he'd like you looking through his photo albums. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm going to listen to your friend and he grabs a gun. They're I like, why are you taking the gun? He's like, fine, I'll go without the gun. I kind of <laughs> love the trope of them leaving separately. It was just like, okay, let's wait a half hour. Let's go. Next one, half hour, go. Next one, go. <laughs> I was like, this is funny to me, but it's not good. Yeah. It's definitely a dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are, there are some other hilarious lines though like um when <laughs> when Slauson is like explaining his brother to when Molly sees the killer for the first time and then she runs and finds Slauson in the truck somehow he's gotten there before her she's like oh i just saw a killer in the woods and he's like what kind of mask did he have on and she's like it looked like a doll's face great acting again and he's like oh that's my brother he always wanted everything I ever had, including my face. Because mm. <laughs> so I was a good-looking one. <laughs> well, and the, but the mask looks nothing like him. It looks like a blonde woman with makeup on. And he's like, that's my face. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of homage to Texas Chainsaw, right? Maybe. Yeah, could, could, could be. Yeah. Sally? Could be. Yeah. 
I don't know, right. but it's like it's like definitely a feminine looking face, and he's got a blonde, blonde wig on. Wig. That's yeah. what Molly sees when she goes back mm. and tells Slauson about it, and she's like, "It looked like a doll's face," and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's my face." <laughs> like what? <laughs> what the fuck? And I actually thought it was kind of funny the the moment you guys described earlier that you thought was really creepy when he's walking through the woods with the head, and he's like, "What does he say?" I wrote it down. Um, he's like, "See my friend," and then the head goes. Ah! <laughs> to, me, I, to me that was like okay are you carrying around peewee herman's head <laughs> someone said the word of the day exactly by the way i used to do that when i was teaching with like vocabulary words and then if anybody said the vocabulary word during the class everybody had to go ah we should do that when anybody says rob zombie on the cast it will happen at least once per episode we know that now for sure. i'd rather not i'd walk away <laughs> anyway well is there anything else that you guys want to touch on before we give our ratings no nah, i mean i just i do like how the film kind of just dips into madness by the very end you know but it's, it's it is a little silly and when you take when you start to tear it apart a little bit this movie you know. goes all over the fucking place I mean, this is like a Shyamalan movie it, it, it's like twist after twist after twist after twist and you're like huh all right. I don't know if I'd call them all twists so much as like random element after random element after yeah. random element. Well, nowadays we'd call it a twist. You know, it's like, oh, you didn't expect Slauson to be the brother. Oh, wait, the brother Except is Except that you did. Yeah, but you did. You did. <laughs> exactly. His anyway. evil twin. All right. Uh, Hyderberg, this was your pick. You want to go first? Sure. So I love how creepy and odd this film is. Um, you know, I when I first uh, when I first saw it, I started to write it off as silly at first, but by the end, I don't know, it just really stood out to me as like a a hidden classic that most people haven't really, as far as I know, that are in the horror don't really talk about too often. So, and it's got some decent scares in it, although you know it's also followed up by some silly score and, um, but I just like some of the score is creepy, like we said the. Like there's definitely some elements that really work on this film. Um, I enjoy the premise. I think it's very different, even though it uses some things that we're familiar with, like, oh, wrong turn, sort of, oh, look, House of Wax. But uh, there's some elements to it that I just feel like uh, work well. The killer having telekinesis, obviously it feels added on and we found out you said it was. Uh, That hurts it, definitely. But like Slauson and his like brother's, split personality like whether there really was a brother i think that's interesting um i thought chuck connor's is pretty like really good as far as his acting and he sort of has like this friendly nature to him but an off tone as well that i think i enjoyed for the most part you're right there are some parts john where like it he doesn't quite nail it as far or one of you guys mentioned his acting as far as like his his physicality or whatever like it's just it's a little off um, I don't think he's used to playing a role like this either, like the, the villain like that. But I thought he did a pretty decent job. And, and it's a standout as well because the rest of the actors aren't quite as good and their their characters aren't written as well as his either. So um, the film does have some silly moments, like really silly. Uh, some of them play well and some of them just play overly silly. Um, for the most part, I feel like you can put this film on and appreciate it with friends as far as the horror, the scares, and also be able to make fun of it at the same time, too. So maybe it's maybe it's a gem for that reason. Um, it's a short film, but I feel like the pacing's off still a little bit in some scenes. There's some scenes that just drag a little bit. Um, I feel like it could have been edited a little bit better and a little tighter. 
uh, and like the story could have moved along a little bit more organically um, for the most part. Uh, the rest of the acting, I said, just leave something to be desired. And speaking of desire, all these pretty ladies and not one breast. Like, really, even with the skinny dipping scene and Tanya Roberts. Come on. So <laughs> with that said, I'm going to give Tourist Trap. Uh, mm, it seems a little generous. I was going 6.5, but I'm going to go 6. Point, just 6. 6 out of 10 cackling mannequins. All right. Because it's not a perfect film, but there's, <laughs> Dude, there's a decent a amount great, that I do enjoy. That's a great measurement. <laughs> Cackling mannequins. I love that. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Six out of 10 from Hydra Berg. Bob, what's your opinion? Uh, I'm, I'm similar to Hydra Berg on this one, I think. I, I appreciate this weird, like, horror trope sandwich that we get from this movie. <laughs> it, it's a strange, like, blending of, of, of tropes that you just don't really see mashed up too often, which is cool. But I think it also like works against its best yeah. interest. I think if it was simplified, you would have had an overall like more effective direct story that probably would have made a hell of a lot more sense by the end of it. Cause I think as we learned, like none of us really know what the fuck's going on in this movie, <laughs> but it makes for an interesting conversation too. Um, there is a handful of really effective scenes um, I really like the pizza dough scene. And even if the severed head in the woods made Jacqueline laugh, I thought it was pretty creepy myself. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, I don't know, like the voice, Davy's voice is very creepy. And so is the mask. So there's like definitely some effective spookiness in here. The score, I just think, is made for a totally different movie. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it fits at all. Um, the acting is pretty rough. And the third act is just sort of like it just takes a little too long to like land the plane and it's already a short movie. So like, you know, what are you going to cut from it? I don't know, but it just feels a little like it just takes a little too long to get uh, where it needs to go. Um, I do have like a slight soft spot for this movie because the first time I watched it was when Joe Bob came back and did mm -hmm. his big marathon and all that stuff. Um, so like, ah, probably got a little bit of nostalgia for it um but i'm gonna i'm gonna come in with a six out of ten was it screeching mannequins cackling you own the blue too right i yeah i do i have it yeah sweet <laughs> i think i might pick it up for my physical media collection do it yeah wasn't your goal to own every movie you guys review that is part of the reason why i'm starting to collect more movies too yeah there i think go. that's a good reason i support that mm -hmm. yep well, he got the Midsummer. <clears throat> the oh yeah, I got that director's cut. That thing's pretty sweet too. Yeah. Fucking three I'm just, hours. I'm so to pissed watch that I that couldn't watch it. Oh, what, John? Three hours to watch that shit. It's not that long. It's like two hours and forty-seven minutes, I think. So it's like maybe twenty extra minutes from the theatrical yeah. cut. So I think that's still reasonable. I think I watched um, it for a movie like that. I, I don't want to see twenty extra minutes of Tourist Trap, but twenty no. extra minutes of Midsummer is fine with me. I want to see twenty minutes of just cuts to mannequins cackling. I want to see 20 extra minutes of Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Oh. Both you and I hated that movie, Jacqueline. Come on. Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well. I'm kidding. Wow. I never. <laughs> By the way, uh, next Thanksgiving, we're doing Blood Rage. Wow. Okay. I wonder who can come on. Hell for that. yeah. It is a classic, a million uh smushed pumpkin pies and out of it isn't cranberry oh. by the way that's my that's my choice smush cram or uh, <laughs> pumpkin pies together i guess oh god I'm, right. <laughs> I'm sorry 
John, what yes. is your rating of Tourist Trap? Uh, Chuck Connors, I really enjoyed in this movie because I think they they gave him enough of a difference between the characters of uh, what was it, Davy mm. and Slauson? Because um, Slauson had a limp and Davy was just like this menacing character. I thought that was actually really good. The acting totally fucking sucked in this movie. I, I, it's like, <laughs> no, that's how you really feel, John. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's he's not wrong. <laughs> it was awful. It was bad. It, um, like I said, R.A.P. Tanya Roberts. I always had a crush on her. Beautiful woman. But I mean, the acting throughout this movie was just bad. Um, I didn't like the twist of the movie. Because they try to twist you like three different ways of like what was going on. So, uh, I, and I'm gonna let Jacqueline have her turn. So I'm gonna say this is a uh, five point five out of ten. Um, was it screaming mannequins? Cackling. Yeah, Nobody can remember. It's different it's every time. Apparently, five point five out of ten. Cackling mannequin heads. Jacqueline, your turn. Flash it fuck down the line, John. What's that? I don't know. That's so, still. Yeah, I said, I said it was fuck. flaccid. Yeah, that is it, a flaccid it, fuck. It, it's not below five. So no, five yeah. on the dot to me is the frigid fuck because it doesn't fuck wow. and it doesn't suck. That's my that's that's how I think of it in my mind. But I don't know. But but let, let me say one thing before you say that. anything, Jacqueline. I think that it actually added to tropes in later 80s slashers movies. You know, like, that it, like it, what? It, can you think of anything specifically that uh, like maniac? Maniac. <laughs> I thought Maniac was like 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 a, a big kind of takeaway from this movie mm-hmm. with the mannequins and stuff like that. So I know they based it off a true story, but I'm sure the director saw this movie and went, oh, yeah, kind of. I, I can't tell you any films that I could tell that like picked from this, but I definitely can tell that like there's probably some horror directors that we're fans of that like this film from their youth, you know, and like influence them as filmmakers. How about you, Bob? Do you see any like kind of spinoffs from this movie because it was 79 this is before like the 80s slasher craze happened so yeah nothing like too specific i don't know because yeah i mean the only other movie i can think of that involves mannequins specifically would be maniac um which heidelberg uh, hasn't seen yet so okay i've seen it oh it's maybe just the remake you haven't i haven't seen, seen the remake okay. yeah. oh, Never mind. it's worth watching it's pretty it good it is it's a- i'm gonna pick it at some point it's a tough film. I feel like to, to uh, there's some visceral stuff in that film. Uh-huh. I think it's easier to stomach than the original film. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's just me. All right, Jacqueline, your turn. Well, I, I'm sorry to say I don't. I don't feel like I've been terribly swayed by the conversation. Um, <laughs> but again, I don't want to. I don't want to come off as though there's nothing I appreciate about this film because I do think a lot of it really works. I think there are a lot of scenes and a lot of elements that are genuinely creepy, and I, I really respect that because um, I don't think that's easy to do. I don't. I, I don't think I could craft like a creepy movie scene if i if i had to i just you know i respect anybody who can creep me out basically um between i mean it just feels like insane sometimes and i like that i like things that are weird and fucking insane you know i i like that um one big problem for me is that in general there are some exceptions but in general i don't like my horror silly Mm. and i want it i want it scary period um and so the silliness here is just, there's a lot of it. 
And when you combine that with like the bad acting and I agree with whoever said pacing was a problem and it's already a short movie, but some of the scenes do feel like they drag and it's a 90 minute movie. I feel like it could have been 80 minutes and that would have improved it, honestly. Uh, And I think 80 minutes is still a reasonable, you know, it's on the edge, but I think it's a reasonable runtime for, you know, a feature film. Um, So I think pacing was a problem. I just can't stand the silliness. I think if they had eliminated the silliness and created a more consistent tone, edited about 10 minutes of fluff out of there, like just extended scenes that didn't need to be there and um, improved some of the acting and maybe smoothed over kind of like finessed the telekinesis part of it a little bit more. Like, why is this here and how did it get there? Made it, I'm, I'm fine with the telekinesis being there, but it feels tacked on as it was and if they had made that feel a little more organic to the story somehow I think this would be like a major fuck for me (laughs) but it's not and so it makes me sad because there's like a lot of good stuff here and I want it to be better Um, I do think that it works best as a movie that you watch with your friends while you're like having some drinks and some snacks and kind of like Back laughing and you're not like paying rapt attention to it you're like kind of joking through it I feel like this is maybe the perfect movie for that or a perfect movie for that um but just on its own merits um I think there there's some major detriments to it so um but giving credit where credit is due for the good stuff I do think it deserves like it's just barely to the left of center line so i'm going to give it a four out of ten cackling mannequins mm, Jacqueline doesn't like this movie <laughs> <laughs> is that the lowest score you've ever given no. oh no 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 thanks no. killing got like a one. Oh, okay <laughs> yeah i think i gave thanks killing a one i gave the generous. furies i think i gave Very the furies generous. like a two i hated the furies um oh man may the devil take you was definitely below a four that might have been a mm. two or a three yeah, that was not my lowest score by any means. No, no, no. I haven't seen that, but I won't now. Yeah, you just <laughs> may the devil take you. Yeah. Oh, it's not that Bob. Good. It's not that good. I wouldn't. There's too many other things to watch. And again, Timo has made team, some better films than that. We are Team Timo around here, but that is not mm-hmm. a good film. Sure. Yeah. Mm-mm. Thanks for saving me the time. Don't do Dude, it. That's what we yeah. do here. Isn't he like a part of the uh, American version of? He's uh, the director. He's director. And poster Last art just came out. Yeah, the Train to Busan, the American version. Yeah, it's yeah. called Last Train to New York, and it's directed by Timo. And you can bet my butt will be in that theater seat or in front of my TV if it's streaming. Holy shit! If there's just some good visceral like zombie scenes, I could get like because he does some intense uh, camera work and like the pacing on some of those those scenes that he he doesn't like the shorts on VHS are really good. So if he can just get that for like ninety minutes with some good drama. And characters, I'm down. It doesn't have to be flawless. And I'm not going to try and go into it and not hold it against the real train to Busan, which is like going to be tough to do because yeah, yeah that's that's a really good film. I think that's wise, though, to go into it and just treating it as its own film. Yeah. And I trust Timo. I think he can do it. I think so. I think he can do it. You guys want to hear some trivia about this? Yes, yeah, oh, so yeah. Bob, Bob yeah, from Straight Chillin' Podcast, thank you for coming on. We're going to give you a break from trivia today. We're going to have Jacqueline do it. I love it. Thank you guys for having me. Totally and, time oh, for I thought you were like kicking him off the. No, 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 no. no, no I'm like, no, no, get out of here. Now? Bye, no. Bob. It's not very hospitable. I, I would give you the finger if I wanted you off. 
Damn. You know, it takes a lot more than that. Oh, well, yeah. If you want to get them off, you give them a finger. We <laughs> <laughs> can provide a reach around. Yeah. Let me see that tight. You got to milk that prostate, John. <laughs> All right. Follow that up. Welcome Jack, to then. the milking hour of uh... Jacqueline. How about some trivia? You ready? Nope. <laughs> the milking. No, no, we, we lost Jacqueline. Here she goes. Okay, let's get it together. Oh my God, you boys. Trivia? I just don't know what to do with you. Okay. <laughs> oh, my eyes are tearing up. I can't see my phone. Um, <clears throat> all right. Direct, director David Schmoller was startled when the film received a PG rating despite its disturbing subject matter and what he perceived as graphic violence. What? Schmoller stated in an interview with terrortrap.com that he felt the film would have been more commercially successful had it re- received an R rating. Hmm. Did oh. you guys see a lot of gore in this movie? I saw, no. I, I think the only two scenes that I saw a lot of gore was the, um, the ax in Tanya Roberts neck. And then um, what Woody's like, like he got the yeah. pipe through his back. And but did knife. did Tanya even have like a lot of blood? I, I don't remember it being very bloody. I just remember the the axe going into her head. But she had blood on her hands because she wiped her head or something. Oh like that. well, yeah. I mean that wasn't that much. No, it's not it a gory film. No, it didn't yeah. like that. I mean, if he wanted an R-rated film, he should have made an R-rated film. Yeah, just Sorry, go for it, bro. More I Yabba. think there's some disturbing more like, things or like, or like subjects, but it's not really explicitly shown like. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about ratings is like there can be very little gore and no, no nudity, but it can still be a really disturbing film that I don't like. I would definitely not let like an eight year old watch that movie. But yeah, like that plaster scene is disturbing. The ratings, the rating system is just like kind of arbitrary in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, yeah. yeah, I thought the situations were more fault <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean they're horrifying, but. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of things that, you know, you got to cover your kid's eyes to watch, you know? So I think nowadays, right, the rating system is a little more attuned to that. Like, you can see things that are rated for, like, disturbing imagery and, like, uh, for terror or whatever. Like, they have these, you know, labels they put on things. And it's not just gore and nudity anymore. But now it's like, this film's rated R for disturbing imagery and terror and stuff. So So, it's like, you know, I think they're a little more on... Jacqueline, if you were going to rate this movie today, would you give it a PG-13? There's no harsh language. I don't even know if I would get that. Well, but for the disturbing nature of it, I I would probably give it a... I wouldn't give it an R, but I would probably give it a PG-13. For cackling mannequins. For cackling mannequins. Uh, Stephen King praised the film in his book, Dance Macabre. Have you guys read that? No. Oh, that's great. It's like Stephen King's total analysis of like the entire horror genre. It's great. So he praised the film, especially its frightful opening scene. So that's cool. Uh, the script originally called for nudity, but yes. director David Schmuller said he was too bashful to ask oh, God. the cast. He was too embarrassed to bring it up with the actresses in the cast, which I think is like kind of endearing. It is. Um, was he John? Done it What's that, Bob? I said, who yeah. is he, John? <laughs> Hold on. I told you at the beginning of the podcast that I was, uh, I had a crush on Tanya Roberts. If I would have saw her boobies in this movie, it would have been. (laughs) Jacqueline just threw up in her mouth. God damn it. John, I hope you don't say that to your girlfriend when you guys are in the bedroom. 
All right. Don't say boobies. PSA to all men. Don't say boobies. Just her fun this. bags, John. Don't. I don't I know. Went, I went back to the day. Yeah, boobies. <laughs> Six point five. I mean, that's kind of what we would have called them when we were young, right? Probably. Or as Justin yeah, said, and guess what? When you say that to a woman in bed, she thinks you know no, you never, sound like a twelve-year-old. I don't say wiener either. Exactly. I just say it when I'm joking around. <laughs> he says anyway. no. He says wang doodle. Oh yeah, Some, Harry yeah, wang doodle. Oh, Bob, you do say that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, when they got to the lake scene, finally Schmuller got up the courage to ask if they'd be willing to do nudity, and they were all like, "No." Even though Robin Sherwood, who played Eileen, had been nude in her first film, The Love Butcher. Mm. There's a title. And she would later go nude in her last role in Death Wish 2. Tanya Roberts would finally go topless that same year in Beastmaster and fully nude in Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. So, you know, you have other opportunities to see Tanya Roberts naked. Just not this film. I have. Apparently. John, they're real and they're spectacular. Yes, they are. (laughs) What's that from? A Seinfeld. Oh, right. Uh, the mannequin who gives Molly something to drink is actually David Schmoller's then wife. Uh, the mannequin originally had two lines and then Schmoller cut them out in post, and she apparently never forgave him for that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. The film holds the distinction of being one of the few slasher films in horror history to receive a PG rating, as the PG 13 rating would not come to exist for another five years. Um, Erwin Yablins, I'm not sure who he was, maybe a producer or something, but he reportedly hated the score for the film and <laughs> wanted another synthesized score in the same tradition as John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, wow. Did not get that. That would have been so much better. Oh they made God. a cut of that and they added a little Damn. nudity and synth oh, score. Would somebody have should so do like a fan cut. Oh, that would have yeah. been dope. So he was a producer on Halloween, which obviously did well, so he probably wanted to try and replicate that here, but Mm-hmm. didn't work out man that would have been so cool thanks i wasn't sure who that was bob thanks mm-hmm. for filling that gap in for me do you think do you think That's... rob zombie learned the mistake from the oh director by putting every line in for his wife yeah probably well he wrote the fucking he script his, obviously he gave his wife every line mm-hmm. so maybe he learned the mistake from this listen film. i uh, you are not going to come in here and be smirch sherry moon zombie in front of me I'll have well, I will. Know. This is three quarters of my podcast. I can be smirch at least a little bit of her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, would you like to be smirch, Rob Zombie? Uh, he's fine. He seems like a chill guy. <laughs> I'd hang out with him. I'd have some vegan food with him. You know. Thank you. Bob, Bob. wants to get him on the show, so he doesn't want to badmouth him too bad. He's That's like, right. Yeah, he's this close to getting <laughs> Rob Zombie on the show. Yeah. So, so I love this trivia fact because it combines uh, the horror with m- one of my one of my other passions, which is anything Disney. The creepy laughter, which is prominent in the opening scene with the cackling mannequins, was actually the same sound used for the laughing hyenas in the movie Lady and the Tramp when oh, they shit. go to the zoo. Um, I wouldn't expect that to be like you know high on your list of movies that you remember, but. It is from that's that movie. Kind of, that's kind of awesome to me. And that it was Disney also took it from used, this film. And it was all, obviously Disney yeah. stole it from this movie. Also, it's used in the Disney World attraction. It's a small world. When you go through like kind of the African area of it's a small world, which I've been on like a billion times, there's hyenas laughing in that. It's the same sound. Oh, shit. That's awesome. When I was watching this movie, I was like, 
that sounds really familiar to me. I feel like I've heard this, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And then when I was researching trivia, I was like, that's it. Not here Lady in the Tramp and Small World. Yeah, What's not on? here in California. No, no, Disney World. Yeah, exactly. So where you guys are at. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm from Orlando. Been there many, many times. So yeah, it sounded familiar. I just couldn't pinpoint it. And then there it was. I've just been to Orlando, but more mostly for what? Spooky Empire? Is that what, what's out there? Yeah, I go for oh, spooky yeah. and universal typically. Halloween horror nights, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Knott's Berry Farm out here has a pretty dope uh, uh scary thing going on. So not I've, scary I've farm. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, this is cool. The opening sequence with items flying out of the cabinet was, was filmed with the cabinet nailed to the ceiling. Yeah, it looks like it. And then the crew were on top of the ceiling, flinging items straight uh-huh. down. Oh. And so when it's shown in the film, it gives the illusion that the items are flying straight out. Yeah, so. you can tell. That. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <clears throat> Though the masked killer was called Davy, the production crew have since dubbed him Plasterface, which is obviously a takeoff on Leatherface. Mm. So there you go. Uh, let's see. So I find this hard to believe, but Jocelyn Jones, who played Molly, was a classically trained actress. <laughs> you could tell by that death stare that she has at the uh... very end. And Connors, Chuck Connors, was uh, self-taught, is what it says here. <laughs> During filming, Connors would often ask director David Schmuller why uh, Jocelyn Jones, who played Molly, would have to go through such various routines before filming scenes, such as breathing exercises, etc. There's that classical training for you. It really paid oh, off. Yeah. So there's there's that. Uh, three years before composing the score for this film, Pino Donaggio composed Carrie. Mm. Oh shit! Which is a fucking amazing score. What happened? What happened to Pino? <laughs> I feel like there's got to be some influence on there that like someone made him. Did you guys hear the zoom, zoom? Like somebody was like rubbing against like metal ball things against a wood thing. It was like, vroom, vroom, and then it was like silly carnival music or something. Mm. I didn't notice that, but I, I didn't notice that sound, but I noticed the silly carnival music. It made me think of like Pinocchio or something or some little like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the music was influenced by the mix of themes of the film, too. So he was just like, I don't know. This film's all over the place. Maybe he tried to make the music that way, but it definitely doesn't doesn't work. I don't know. Uh, David Schmuller, the director, actually initially wanted John Carpenter to direct this film. Mm. I mean, it would have been better, but I think that the script was just not to Carpenter quality. That would have been dope. With the synth score? Oh, my God. I mean, he could have definitely lifted it out of the doldrums where it exists. But uh, yeah, supposedly due to issues with financial arrangements and scheduling. Sure. sure he might have been working on the thing at that point. We're getting ready to. This was 79 and he did what? Uh, thing in Halloween at the same time. 82. The thing no. was 82. What are you doing between those two? It came out 82, but I think he was working on it at 81. He did... Um, Halloween 77 came out in 78. And then what was in between that? I don't remember. If no, he had escape from New York. No. Is that later? Yeah, that was later. That, that later? was, when was it, uh, the precinct 13. That, that was Four? that was earlier. That was in the 70s, right? Yeah. yeah, that was before mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so 
the the lesson here is there was no scheduling conflict. He just probably didn't want to do it. Nope, so. <laughs> not enough money, probably. The score sucks. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of money, Hyderberg, um, from different sources, I have read that the film was eight hundred grand. The the budget for this film was eight hundred grand, or three hundred and fifty grand. I'm not sure <laughs> which, which is accurate, but I've read <laughs> a both. Huge difference. It was a really big difference. What was the mannequin budget on this one? It's still a small budget, though. I mean, both. that's really small. Either, yeah. either way, that's yeah. really small. Yeah. Uh, the film was shot in 24 days. Linnea Quigley has an uncredited role as a mannequin. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Crush uh, on her, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Who trash. It, man? Night of the Demons. Let's yeah, see. I always associate the uh, what's it called? Return of the Living Dead. For oh, me. yeah. <laughs> the, the graveyard scene, huh? Yeah, that's my go to for her. There you go. Yeah. And then all I've really got left is that like the addition of telekinesis was suggested last minute by one of the producers of the movie. And though it's never explained, it is still very effective and makes the movie that much creepier and stranger. That's according to IMDb, which I, I agree with. I think it does add something to it. I just wish it were finessed a little better. But yeah. That's it. That's the film's main problem is there's not enough finesse, I feel like, to the entire. Yeah, it feels rough. It feels kind of clunky. But I think that's the thing is I feel like it has potential to be a lot better. Yeah. And when Rob Zombie gets his hands on the remake, oh, you know, God. yeah, <laughs> he'll smooth it all out for us. <laughs> smooth that. <laughs> or Eli Roth, one or the other. <laughs> Tag team directed. Ooh, perfect. Eli Roth and Rob Zombie. Hmm. I dream about that combo every night. Nice. Uh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> and Works Jeff for Goldblum? me, Bob. Keeps me happy. Jeff Goldblum with that? Oh, yeah. But I have too many crushes. I just have too many crushes. I have a crush on everybody. You have a lot of third husbands lined up. I'll tell you that. I do. Idris yeah. Alba. Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy hour on. Jacqueline, all of her fantasies. If I were white, I'd be blushing right now. I'm feeling kind of like (laughs) embarrassed. (laughs) Well, what's happening next week? (laughs) I am. This is the only place I can record. John, what's happening next week? All right, guys. uh, I actually want to get a little sentimental here. Uh, I want to thank Rob. Seriously, Uh, you, Andy, and Justin from the Street Chilling Podcast brought us together. Uh, Jacqueline. Heidelberg and I, uh, to create this podcast. It's been one year since we started this thing and, uh, we couldn't thank you enough. So first and foremost, thank you so much. The community you have built created a lot of friends for us. So thank you. Thank you, Rob. Awesome, man. That was definitely a goal was to get like-minded people together and hopefully allow new friendships to bloom. And, uh, you guys took it even a step further and made your own thing which is fantastic and congratulations to you all uh keep up the good work like you know one year down a hundred to go keep cranking <laughs> out for sure yep. um i also want to say thank you to uh my former co-host andy gilly uh started this uh like almost three years ago with the horror for you podcast so that's where i got introduced to the straight chilling podcast which introduced me to hydroberg and to jacqueline so um you know, I, I couldn't be more thankful. We're going to celebrate one year of this, uh, all the guests that we've had on Nicole, um, you, Rob, Justin, Andy, uh, Andy Gilly <laughs> and, and, uh, Jim, uh, Steve and Leo. 
Stephen Leo Leo. from Spoils of Horror, you know, Anya, Anya Gore from Horror More with Anya Gore. This is this community is so beautiful and so wonderful because we all love each other. We don't hate each other. We're not trying to compete with each other, but we support each other. So next week, we're going to celebrate one year together. And last but not least, I want to thank my two brothers and sisters, uh, Hydraberg, Jacqueline. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Let's celebrate this right. Um, and, you know, keep going many, many years down the line. So that's what we're going to do. Celebrate one year together. Yeah. It's going to be a good show next week. It's going to be a little bit of a retrospective. There's going to be some fun stuff. Um, I'm going to, uh, we're going to play some clips of some favorite moments. I've got some games lined up for us to play. And uh, we're going to hear some lovely recordings with some thoughts and well wishes from some of our um, friends of the show uh, that that Uh we'll play for you guys. So lots of, we won't be reviewing a movie, but there will be lots of treats in store. So I hope you guys all join us next week. It's going to be a great show and I'm looking forward to celebrating with you guys. Um, I've, I've hopefully said this as many times to you guys as I've thought it, but this podcast is really important to me. It means a lot to me in my life um, for personal reasons. We've become really close friends over the past year and that's more valuable to me than anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like you said, John, I'm just really thankful to have this in my life. So um, I appreciate you guys very much. And I'm looking forward to celebrating with you next week. Including Bob, you guys are my family. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. Yeah. Group likewise. Bring, bring it in guys. Bring it in. Yeah. Group hug. Love it. Love and appreciate you guys. We'll, yeah, and, uh, we'll definitely see you. big thanks to Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Coming on and being a huge influence on us as a podcast. Real quick, let's let's have Bob plug his stuff too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Uh, but <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you guys again for having me. Uh, it's always a blast talking with the three of you. And again, anytime uh, you want me on, let me know. Uh, if you want to check out Straight Chilling Podcast, you can do that anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we're coming up on our 400th episode, so I guarantee there's at least one wow. one episode that will interest you if you want to check <clears> it out. Uh, we got a website straightchillingpodcast.com we're on social media all of it's everywhere just search for straight chilling podcast it's fairly easy to find make sure you put the g on the end of chilling it is spelled correctly that is all <laughs> and bob you have another podcast though right yes i do too many things um i have uh, another uh, show with my buddy mikey uh, called let's get physical media and we talk about Blu-rays and 4Ks and DVDs and stuff like that. A lot of them are like, you know, Criterion, Aero Video, Screen Factory stuff. Um, we, it's not exclusively horror, but a lot of it is. So if you have any interest in collecting um, discs, uh, check that out anywhere you get your podcasts. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, always good to have you on. Hopefully there will be many more appearances to come. Uh, but in the meantime, if anybody wants to write into us, comment on Taurus Trap or anything like that, or if you have some thoughts you'd like to share with us about your opinion of our show and your thoughts on our past year of episodes, feel free to email us at acutabovehorrorreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cutabovehorror. You can follow us on Instagram at a cutabove, one word, dot horror underscore review. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, a cut above colon horror review and huge. Thank you to, to all the love that you've given to Bob and straight Chilling podcast, but also the love that you've given to a cut above horror review on uh, iTunes <coughs> and uh, Spotify and wherever you 
follow us on your uh, podcast, where, wherever you listen to us. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we'll see everybody back here next week. Again, no film to review, but we will be celebrating our one year anniversary. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys then. We'll have lots of fun and uh, we'll, we'll do this thing right. <laughs> uh, we never not do it right. That's for the people to decide, John. <laughs> true. Very true. Sorry. And don't forget to keep it creepy. Creepy.